Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from Birdie Ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a Birdie Ball putting green, all in the comfort of your own home. Check out Birdie Ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Tomorrow's gonna be better than today. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here in Portland on AM860, The Answer, the Golf News Network across the country and a handful of stations hither and yon. Don't forget the Portland Classic is coming up August 31st to September 3rd. We would like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and also John Breaker and his family back at Birdie Ball. It's a great piece of practice equipment, so just go to birdieball.com. And I know when I say Painted Hills Natural Beef, I'm I was almost surprised that my guest today didn't jump up and go, "Yeah, it's Charlie Reimer." Welcome uh, back. I love me some Painted Hills beef. There's no doubt about that. That uh, prime brisket, man, you can't beat that uh, on a or a Traeger, either one. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do going into uh, fall football season. A little tailgating, see if we can't get you another chunk of uh, cow back there, Charlie. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to give out golf lessons, tell stories, do whatever I need to do to get some of that stuff. <laughs> okay. How are you? How's your health? Oh, I'm doing great, JT. Thank you. I I, um, I just came back from a trip out to uh, over to Scotland and Ireland, and uh, uh, my goal had been able to uh, – or my, my goal was to be able to walk uh, seven rounds of golf in about a 10-day period, and I was able to – pull that off. And I was happy about that. I've been dealing with some neuropathy in my feet from the, the, the uh, chemo that I had to go through last year caused. And uh, it, it still hurts, but I'm able to get around. And then uh, I've been doing a lot of stretching and, and uh, uh, I, I noticed that I've been just getting, you know, incremental improvements here and there and starting to feel like a normal human being again. I, I appreciate you asking, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's nice to get back to where I can move a little bit again. Yeah. I, um, I, my listeners are probably tired of me bringing this up, but you know, I got a new hinge in my right leg last fall Yeah, and, and it's been great. Um, you know, the first month and a half or so wasn't that much fun, but, uh, I never had a lot of pain. I, it was a lot of stiffness and, right. uh, you know, that type of thing, or you wake up with your leg hanging off the bed and it's throbbing like hell for a while you know but you, you sort that out but it has made a world of difference yeah yeah i mean obviously if you're to the point where you're going to get a um a knee replaced then uh you know you were dealing with a with, with a lot of issues you know most of the people i talk to that either get hips or knees replaced they seem to be pretty happy with the result um that, that the hips i hear go a little bit better than the knees and knees of rehab can be a little bit rough but I actually have a friend's getting two knees done at once. I don't know how they're going to do that, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, um, a lot of good stuff out there. You just gotta be able to stay on top of it. And with nasty things like cancer, catch it uh, early enough to where they can still do some things to, to, uh, to help you out. But, um, it's, it's, uh, nice to know we live in a time where they can fix you up when you need it. Yeah. I had a, 
Okay, people, uh, you're not getting my complete medical history here, but a couple of weeks ago, I had this thing growing on my leg. It had been there for a long time, and they took it off. The dermatologist said, I don't know, this looks pretty nasty. Was it a tick? Is that what it was? Was Because I had a guy, a buddy I went to high school that had a tick for like three years. It Was it a tick? No, it was actually where they had patched up some veins of mine years ago. You know, they got beat up with the horses. And when they did it, it never that that never healed. And yeah. so it just kept growing and growing and it would bleed like hell and stuff. But anyway, uh, during, uh do what? <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, it was a hoot. Trust me. <laughs> Looked like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie some days, you know, type thing. But uh oh, during, dermatologist she took it off and she cauterized it and it came back benign and so i'm good to go i'm happy about that i had something uh cauterized and burn off my face one time and it smelled just like pork barbecue i went six months without eating pork barbecue because it all <laughs> burned that thing off my face <laughs> yeah i i i had one burn off the bottom of what freeze dried or whatever off the bottom yeah. of my foot like that and the doc said uh Oh, this will take it right off. And so for the first couple minutes, you know, it's just cold. You don't feel it. Then driving home, I thought my uh, I thought my left leg was, you know, sitting in a in the fire pit of a big green egg or something. Man, that thing just burned like hell. <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. So um, are you actually I know you just went to the Scotland and Ireland. Are you getting to play golf on a more regular basis now because things yeah. are getting better? Sure, I'm playing a little bit more. I'm working on a video series down here at Myrtle Beach. The Breaking Par with Charlie Reimer. Folks can find that over at PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. But I'm playing a whole that's 66 courses here at Myrtle Beach, and and we're sort of keeping score. And and it it's not really about the score though. It's about just getting back into golf and and recovering from a tough health situation and and i you know i i don't play as well as i used to but um uh still just getting out and having fun in a beautiful place and and in fact this morning i taped at uh five different golf courses and uh tomorrow i think and we've got another four or five so um it's it's been a fun series to put together and uh um i'm actually as i start to move a little better i start to play a little bit better so it's it's fun you know i don't have any goals to be competitive again i just want to be able to to enjoy golf when I get a chance to get out and play. Yeah. You know, we were talking at the top of the segment about like, like my knee and, and your neuropathy and stuff like that. I noticed that with my knee fixed, um, I had a couple of my buddies say it, turn around and tell me a couple of times right off, off the tee. They said, we haven't seen you hit that good in years. So there's <laughs> hope. There's hope. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it works. So, you know, the swing gets a little shorter. It's funny. The only thing that I really feel like I'm competent in is um, chipping and uh, bunker play, but um, in particular, the chipping. I, I spent a few years ago, right before I turned 50, I spent some time with short game guru, Stan Utley, who's the nicest guy on the planet. I mean, such a great family. And and um, he worked with me on some things. And it just sort of took a while to sink in. And and I, I can really go out and, and not play in a while. You throw me down on a hard fan lie or a, you know, some funky line, give me a lob wedge and tell me to hit up in there. I I just, I, I know how to do it now. I wish I'd have known how to chip when I played the PGA tour, I might've played a little bit longer, but <laughs> that's, that's the part that's probably the most fun. I play with people and I chop it around everywhere, but then 
you know, I get some impossible looking shot and, and, and I'll hit it and they're like, Oh, you do have something in there somewhere. I'm like, yeah, yeah. eat from a long time ago, but <laughs> the, the only part of my game I've got anymore, but you know, I enjoy that. Oh, uh, I love it. Um, you, um, you know, you are, you're still the ambassador for, uh, Myrtle beach in South Carolina, right. For yeah. golf. Yeah. Yeah. I wear a few hats and these parts and, um, I'm an ambassador for play golf, uh, myrtlebeach.com and we'll host the world am coming up here in a few weeks in Myrtle beach. And, and, uh, I do some work on the operational side for uh, Macklemore, which I believe we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. It's a really neat golf course up in, in Northwest Georgia, just South of Chattanooga. So I, get a chance to spend uh, time at two great places and, and all that keeps me pretty busy. Is golf going full, full blast back there? It is here. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And uh, in fact, uh, yesterday uh, I was trying to find a place to play golf this coming Saturday before noon and uh, it's about 66 courses that I represent here. And uh, we didn't have a single tee time before. <laughs> All of those golf courses, I told the folks I'm playing with, well, we're going to play afternoon, and it's a good problem to have. But, uh, yeah, it, it really is nice to see. Parking lots are full. And, and um, you know, we at one point here in Myrtle Beach, we had uh, well over 100 golf courses, and, and we've lost uh, quite a few of those. And, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you lost them because business was bad. Well, no, we lost lost them primarily because there's so many people moving here that the, the, the three or 400 acre properties are worth a lot more um, and as housing they, than they yeah. are at very successful golf courses. So I, I think here... In South Carolina, in general, Myrtle Beach in particular, we're very close to the point where we're going to have to start adding golf courses once again, which is really exciting. You know, those will probably go inland. We got a lot of uh, land uh, inland from from the coast, and typically that's in pine and sand. It makes you know really pretty golf courses. The land is a little less expensive, and and uh, so I, I don't think it'll be long before we'll start seeing new golf courses. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with our travel tip. Charlie's going to supply it today, and uh, so don't go away. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be up back in just a couple. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green uh, here on the iHeart 24-7 Golf Channel. Um, This show airs at noon Eastern. And uh, we got a lot of good shows there. Our, my good buddy, Chris Mascaro, he's got his shows on there and some other guys I know. So that's really good. And don't forget the Portland Classic, the LPG, LPGA, if I can say it right today, uh, comes to Portland uh, back on August 31st through September 3rd out at Columbia Edgewater. I played that course, uh, oh, five weeks ago or so. It was in great shape. So I know Jim Myers and his crew out there do a great job. So now it's time for our golf trip travel tips i'm gonna have to change that title charlie because i can't say that fast enough uh brought brought to you by weston kia but today charlie's gonna supply us with a couple of travel tips yeah happy to do that i actually just got back from scotland and ireland i hosted a 
group of uh, 15 uh, men on that trip. And um, way back in the day when I worked for ESPN, I didn't do any broadcasting in the summer. So I would actually host uh, groups of 16 to maybe even 40 people down in Southwest Ireland. And uh, the, the, the main thing you need to know about travel, if you can afford it, and it's really expensive, but ship your clubs. You don't want to be dragging them through airports. Um, and um, if, if you, especially if you're, uh, headed over to Europe. I, I think that's a great luxury. And then the other thing too is, um, and this really came in handy on the recent trip, is be really smart when you pack your carry-on. I, I tell my guys when I go somewhere, have three days of clothes, medicines, uh, everything that you need with you if your checked baggage doesn't arrive so you can still have a great trip. And, and that's something that was really helpful. We had one guy, uh, we got back the two week trip we got back 10 days ago and I still don't think he's got his luggage yet. So <laughs> at home, so you can always rent some clubs somewhere, but you need to have some clubs uh, or some clothing with you and in particular those prescription meds. So just a couple of things there to consider uh, because the baggage uh, often does not get to his final destination. And I just hate when that ruins a trip for people. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, thank you, Charlie. Uh, since 1975, the Western Weston dealerships have focused on one thing, and that's customer service. And I can tell you that is a very true statement. I've known these guys since I was a kid. Um, and customer service is their number one priority. So check out Weston Kia. It's the uh, biggest Kia, Kia dealership in the state of Oregon in southwest Washington. And they're over there in Gresham, Oregon. And I know Charlie knows what he's talking about, because when I went to Saudi Arabia years ago, my big bag showed up that had all my suits and stuff in it that I was supposed to work in. Luckily, the guy I was staying with and is my best friend, he and I are about the same size. So I he opened up his closet to me. But my bag got there the day I was headed back to the airport to come back to the States. So yeah, there, there you go. You know, that's about right. There's nothing I can buy in a store anywhere that fits me from a size eight hat that are all custom made to size 15 shoes. So I've got to be a very meticulous packer. I've learned that the hard way over the years. Oh, yeah. Uh, someday off the air, I'll tell you about when I got my uh, suitcase uh, in Denver mistaken for a sample case of Victoria's Secret products. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a true story, Charlie. My my suitcase went to the DR, and I got Victoria's Secret up in Estes Park. So there you well, go. That had to be some big panties. They were big <laughs> panties, and, and and they climb up on you. <laughs> so tell us more about your trips to Ireland and stuff. You know, I've always wanted to uh, like go with somebody like you several courses over several days it's a you know it's a lot of fun golf and some lively uh, entertainment at night i'm sure and great food and that but uh how did you get started uh, you touched on it a little bit in your travel tip but how did you get sure. started and what's all on your itinerary these days well i, I had a great friend uh, who's uh, passed away quite a few years back uh, his name was patty o'looney and he was from down in southwest ireland and and before he passed away, he was awarded a, a tourism award by the Irish government for his his work as being a real genuine um, golf ambassador for, for Ireland. And um, he, he knew I love Lynx golf because uh, I'd actually uh, taken a trip to uh, Ireland and then Scotland when I was 20 years old. Um, that uh, at the end of the trip, I ended up qualifying for playing in the British Open. So I've been 
uh, in love with, uh, with, um, Lynx golf since, since that trip. And, and, uh, I hadn't been back in a long time and, and I got to be friends with Patty and he said, grab some buddies and we'll make the arrangements. And, and, um, he had started a company called swing golf Ireland. And, uh, so I, I took some family members. There was, uh, I think maybe 12 of us that went and we had the great greatest trip ever. And we got back and everybody was talking about it. And they said, Hey, let's do another one. The guys at the club. So, the next time we went, there was 24. And then the next summer we went and there was 40. And uh, in the meantime, um, I ha had a great friend of mine um, who was uh, a really good golfer and uh, junior golf and uh, actually ended up playing golf at the University of Georgia's last two years in school. And and uh, um, he he was a golf professional. His name was uh, Jason Brown. Uh, the the re reason I say it in past tense, I'll get to it in a minute. I'm going to write a book about this one of these days. But uh, should. Um, he, 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 uh, was on track to be a really good club professional. And he decided that, um, he was going to be a country rapper. I said, what? He said, yeah, I'm going to combine rap music and country music. You can't make this up. And I, I said, um, you're a golf pro. He goes, yeah, I know, but I like music. I'm going to do this. And I said, what are you talking about? And he goes, well, Ray Charles did it. Elvis did it. Beethoven did. It. I said, dude, you can't even spell Beethoven. And um, uh, so he uh, he ended up pulling this off. He changed his name to Colt Ford. He's a country rapper now. And, oh yeah. And the reason I say that is that you know he's a heck of a player, and we're you know we're great friends. And and um, he he came to me after a few years of doing these trips, and he goes, let's start a business. And he goes, I'll sell, and you go over to the, the uh, Ireland in the summer when you're not working for ESPN and, you know, I'll send the people over. And, and um, so we did that, but the problem was he started writing country rap songs a month into it and the business failed spectacularly, but he ended up being a really successful <laughs> country rapper. <laughs> One of his songs he wrote when I was trying to talk him out of this, he's playing it in his car uh, in his dad's used parking lot in Athens, Georgia. He said, listen to this song. I wrote it with some singer named Brantley Gilbert, who I hadn't heard of it at the time. He goes, we, we laid this down last night and I listened to it. It was country rap. And I went, you might actually be good at this. That song was called Dirt Road Anthem. It was number one song uh, for uh, four months. Yeah. And, and um, he ended up, uh, he got, got a Grammy nomination. And, and uh, you know, I don't know, sold that one song has sold like 70 million uh, copies. It is a heck of a story. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. We're going to take a break. Charlie and I'll be back after these messages. Don't go away. Do you know who was named the best putting mat in 2022 by my golf spy? It was the mats from birdie ball. It'll help you sink more putts and make more birdies with a birdie ball putting green all in the comfort of your own home. Check out birdie ball online at birdieball.com. Birdie Ball is here to make golf more fun and accessible. Find out more at birdieball.com. Welcome back to the Golf Rap Show. Um, actually, <laughs> starring Charlie Reimer and JT. My favorite song is called Chicken and Biscuits. You got to look that up. Call I will. I will. Um, we'd like to take the folks at Patriots Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended. And here's news for Charlie. If you go to their online store and type in the code, once you're trying to get checked out, BBQ Nation, that's the name of my other show, just BBQ Nation, 
uh, you get 15% off and that, that'll come right to your door. You don't even have to drive to the store. And also um, pig powder, pigpowder.com. Pig powder is a rub that my co-host and co-partner, barbecue hall of famer, Leanne Whippen, uh, her dad actually created it. She's carrying it on. It was awarded the best rub on the planet. So just go to pigpowder.com and uh, we're talking with our good buddy, Charlie Reimer here. Okay. Pig powder. Will it, will it double as like gold bond powder on a hot day or is it just strictly for cooking? I think it's pretty much strictly for cooking because she, <laughs> Leanne describes it's a little sweet and a little hot. So I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure you'd want to gold bond anything with pig powder. <laughs> I just thought I would check because I'll ask her. Old bot, I'll, I'll, I'll text you the answer, but uh, yeah, powder sounds good to me, though. It is. I'll I'll make sure she sends you some. Okay, <laughs> you can try that out. So, this is kind of a loaded question, my friend. But what the hell is going on with golf? Just before we did this show today, I, I'm looking at you know Golf Magazine, Golf Digest, all the I get them all, like you do and stuff. There's a there's a you know live in the tour aside. But now we've got people thinking we're a bunch of crazy, lunatic, corrupt people. You got a big story about Phil and Billy Waters and the gambling. You got that deal. Then there's another story about this clown in Atlanta that lied about his resume and is involved in murder and all this stuff. And it's like, you know, it might be easier to have Tim Heron walk naked down Fifth Avenue in New York. We'd get better press. Let's not get carried away. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we hadn't gotten to that point yet. Seeing all the lumpies lumped, that would not be good. No. Uh, it, it, it really is crazy. I, I just figure, you know, let's just get it all out of the way. You know, everything yeah. crazy, go ahead and get through it, you know. And, and, and in the middle of that, you throw in the USGA and the RNA trying to uh, dial back the golf ball and PGA and the PGA tour are going to go along with it, you know, which is just par for the course right now. So it, it's, uh, it, it's a little confusing, and, but yeah, you know, I guess it sort of mirrors what's going on in the world. You know, it seems like there's crazy everywhere you look right now. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff too. Um, I, and it's a little bit of a stretch to get there, but I, I got to mention it. Um, back in my ESPN days, I spent a lot of time on Maui, uh, covering both the, mm-hmm. Uh, the, what's now the century. It's always been the tournament of champions and an LPGA skins game. Got a lot of friends over there. Spent a lot of time there and to look at the news reports from what's happened there. You, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it's just absolutely horrible. So my heart goes out for, for all the folks there in Maui. And I'm sure um, as many people that can't afford it are going to help them get put back together down the road. Yeah. But it's like the loss of life there is tremendous, but uh, it just uh, you know I, it's just a lot of crazy stuff going on everywhere, and and I guess we sort of go through cycles on stuff like that. And golf has been calm for a long time, and it's definitely not calm now. So let's work it out of the system, get reorganized, find a new start point, and get going yeah. from there. That's the only thing I I know to tell you, JT. And I, I try it every now and then. I'm I'm not in golf day to day, you know, like I was for a long time, and don't have a whole lot of inside contacts. I've got a few, but the ones that I do talk to that are connected and know what's going on, they don't know what's going on. So uh, there's just a lot of uncertainty out there in the world of golf. But we'll we'll get back going. The game's too oh, yeah. good, play it or too good. There's so many folks that want to be associated with it. We'll get the bugs worked out and uh, we'll get it back on track. And and hopefully here, you know, in a year or two years or three years, it's going to take a while to get all this sorted out. But hopefully we'll be back on track and moving in the right direction with some um, unity, uh, yeah. which 
can help a lot of things in the world right now. But that's that's really what we need to do to get everybody on the same page, move in the same direction and, you know, go ahead and, 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 and work out the rough spots and let's let's go. Yeah, I'm not I don't talk politics uh, on the air. I've I learned my lesson years ago right. on that. But for me, when all the craziness started, and it just didn't happen in the last 24 months, it's it's been coming for a long But golf was always this kind of sanctuary where that stuff didn't happen. And, and you know, our country is a little fractured about, uh, I'm being very kind here, and, uh, you know, it's fractured about different things like that. And golf was always kind of my respite to get away from it. And then this stuff starts happening, and I'm going, what <laughs> I, I it's uh it like you say it'll it'll swing around it'll go full circle and get uh get sorted and we'll keep moving on down the line but it, it just kind of like it's like no please not that yeah. um on a on a technical side charlie i did want to ask you about um the golf ball stuff and i'll i'll tell you my my theory up front for amateurs like me, we need all the help we can get. And right. if that ball is going to give me 15 extra inches, I'm willing to pay an extra $3 for it or something. You know what I mean? Um, I, maybe, maybe we need to, I had one guy on the show the other day say, well, maybe what we need to do is not do anything with the balls, but, uh make some of the golf courses that like the tour plays a little more like links golf, a little higher rough, little narrower fairway. That was one suggestion like that. Cause I don't see as the golf ball industry is going to cave on this. So I want your thoughts on that. Well, listen, there's a lot of ideas of how to fix golf. There's a lot of people that think golf doesn't really need to be fixed. I probably fall more into that camp. Yeah. Uh, I've seen rollbacks attempted in any aspect of the technological side of golf. It's been a complete disaster. It just hasn't worked. Uh, the lawyers are the ones that really like all of that. And unfortunately, I see um, you know, both sides sort of lining up. And and I think the deciding factor is on the golf ball is what Augusta National decides to do about the Masters tournament. It, you know, if they say, hey, you know what, we're going to do a – tournament ball and everybody's going to shift to a tournament ball. They say as is, and it's going to be as is. I mean, they, they really are the ones that will control it. Right. And, and, uh, you know, so, so the chairman, Fred Ridley, he sort of intimated earlier this year, he's a, he's a USGA guy that, that they'll probably go along with it. Um, but that's going to open up, um, a lot of lawsuits over IP and other things. And yeah, you know, there's it, just so many constituents in golf, you know, let's say you're Titleist, for example, and, you had tremendous amount of capital invested and 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 patents and other intellectual property and um you're gonna defend your ground staunchly and let's say you're um, uh, another golf ball manufacturer that has two or three percent of the market well you're all for reshuffling everything because you, you know you got no place to go but up right so just um it's a big mess um uh, but i i do know that it's never worked out very well trying to that cat gets out of the bag and the cat doesn't want to go back in the bag and trying to stuff it back in is going to be tough. And, you know, when I look at golf tournaments and see guys, you know, shooting some good scores and making some eagles and birdies, I sort of enjoy it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 
it's a little like, you know, people say, hey, you know, I wish there was more defense in football. And then you go to a game and it's like seven to three. And you're like, well, that wasn't much fun. Yeah. You, you, know, you know, people in sports like to see offense. And and uh, when you start rolling things back, it, it just it does get a little bit messy. And, you know, whatever they do to the golf ball, it's not going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, it's not going to help anybody with a, or really make any significant difference. And unless you're a really strong player and, you know, unless you're a two or three handicap or better, it's probably not going to have any impact on your life in reality. You might think it does, but it's not going to. So it's, yeah. it's, it's really at the elite level in the, uh, but the amateur and professional worlds where it will make a difference, but it it's, uh, it's going to be a mess. Like everything else, there's going to be a lot of hurt feelings and, and it's just going to take some time to sort through it. Yeah, I had a friend the other day. He doesn't play much golf. Uh, I don't even think he keeps a handicap because he doesn't play enough and all that. But he is a member of the USGA, sends in his 20 bucks every year or whatever and get the little bag tag and all that. And he said, I just don't know why they feel like they have to jack with this. I couldn't imagine the NFL, for example, allowing a volunteer organization to administer the rules that they play by every Sunday with all that's at stake. So it's always sort of been of a head scratcher to me that the PGA tour didn't compete under its own rules, Mm -hmm. uh, allow professionals in the industry to administer those rules rather than a volunteer organization. that does an amazing job doing a lot of things, including, you know, their championships or green section. They do a ton of stuff, but yeah. And, that's something that a lot of people really, you know, haven't brought up in, in a lot of this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to take a break. Charlie and I are going to be back and wrap up the show in just a couple minutes. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. We're uh, very fortunate to have my friend Charlie Reimer with us today. Uh, but before we get back and chat with Charlie, we're going to hear from Bruce Furman. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. And uh, I'm going to talk to you a little tip about a pre-shot routine. In golf, the ball is still. No one's hitting it at you or throwing it at you. So you got to develop a routine. Golf's a little bit like serving a tennis ball or, or shooting a free throw. You have to have a routine. So first thing you do is get behind your ball, visualize your shot, take, in, take into account the lie, the wind, and so forth. And then that's the time to get a little whatever swing thoughts you're going to use. And then you, you take a little practice swing, feel that swing. And then you go ahead and step into the batter's box, or in this case, the golfer's box. Come in with your right foot, set your club down. Once your club down is, is down behind the ball and aim, and aim the face, then you step into it. And it, then you jostle your feet or jockey your feet back and forth and waggle your club. You want to waggle it in a, in a clockwise uh, attitude. And as you're waggling and jockeying your feet, you want to look at the target. So it's better to stare at the target and glance at the ball rather than stare at the ball. So once you've stepped into it with your feet, the ball should be gone within four seconds. You don't want to stand there over the ball. If you've got too many swing thoughts, you're going to struggle. So step into it, waggle, look at the target, and pull the trigger. If you do that, you're going to be a lot more consistent. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate your tip of the week. And you can go to langdonfarms.com, click on instruction. There's a drop-down menu. 
uh, tells you all about Bruce, how to book a lesson, and uh, you can see his uh, his silver quaff there. How's that? He's guy's got a head of hair, Charlie. He's our age, and he's got a head of hair, man. It's it's um <laughs> it's all like anyway. We're we're back uh, talking with Charlie Reimer. You said something in the last segment that I I agree with. When I was in the horse business, um. When you went to school, and I know the rules officials have to go to school and continuing education and that, but all the people that basically administered the rules, we had a head rules official, which we called a steward, and then the judges, like what I was, we had to know the rules inside and out. Uh, if there was a question, we called the steward. We resolved it right then, but but we didn't have you know, 15 volumes, 700 pages thick of rulings. You know, we had to do it as a professional right then and right there. And so I I agree with you on that. I think that would I think that would help a lot, um, you know, uh, pulling it in under the uh, the tour umbrella is what I'm saying. Yeah. I, again, I use an NFL example or MLB. Um, you know, they have their own rules officials that administer the rules. And, and um, you know, a lot of the things that are interesting about the professional game versus the amateur game, there's so many cameras out there. What do the cameras see? They've had to make rules that address all of that. It's if the camera shows something at one point, it matter whether a person, a player could reasonably have seen it or not. It's what happened. And now that sort of changed. And, and you, you think after, all of these years and years and years, there would never be a situation pop up that was controversial. Yet we seem to get that from time to time, and and uh, so rules of golf have a lot of complexity to them. And um, again, it's it's not the difference of somebody you know winning or losing five bucks and a beer. It's potentially somebody winning or losing twenty, thirty, forty million dollars, maybe even more than that if it's a major championship over their career. And, right. And seems to me like it ought to be full-time professional people um, both administering the rules and involved in writing them and putting them together. Um, I, I I just don't understand the, the really the model that we have other than the argument is, well, if you're an amateur or a professional, you play under the same rules, but you really don't. And so it's not, that's not even a real good argument either. Yeah. So um, maybe that's one of the changes that comes down uh, after after we get through this uh, crazy period that we're in in golf, right? Yeah, I think one of the best things they did, Charlie, was um, take away the couch surfer calling in that he saw something on replay and played it back on his um, Tebow or whatever they have 15 times. And and then he calls in because he knows somebody and, and they make him escape, uh, an assessment. And then pretty soon they're in the TV trailer in the production room watching the films again and this and that, or they, you know, whatever. I just think that, I think we went way over on that deal and we had to bring it back. So, yeah. Yeah. No, they've had some changes to that. And you now have that. And when that used to happen in the past, if it didn't happen during the round and happened after the round, the person was disqualified because they signed an incorrect scorecard. Now they can actually in the middle of the tournament, um, open up the scorecard and make the actual correction so that you know, it, it wasn't, you know, off with their heads or not, yeah. or, or not. There's some, some middle ground, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not surprising as convoluted as, uh, the rules can be that, you know, we have these rule situations that arise from time to time. We're going to have plenty more in the future too. Right. Uh, it, it's, it's just a, it's a complex game. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Um, Charlie's going to stick around for after hours. We're out of time. Charlie, as always, I'm 
so happy you're feeling better and out there on the links again and, and doing that. That's, uh, that's just great. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. As always, you're having me on. For Charlie Reimer and myself, take care, have a good week, play some golf, and most importantly, be kind. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, All Rights Reserved.